following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. It's so timely um, that we are receiving members today because I want to talk today as we talk about being filled with the Spirit, I want to talk about the relationship between the Spirit and the church, uh, the Spirit and the Bride of Christ, and what, what that interaction looks like. Um, we've kicked off a series on Pentecost Sunday about being filled, and we recognized that Pentecost was not an event, and it's not an event in our life. It is an ongoing Filling It opened the door to an ongoing filling. And we've made an um, intention towards really posturing ourselves in a perpetual Pentecost. Posturing ourselves in being able to continue to receive. Thank you. Um, continue to receive what was poured out on that day. The, the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the followers of Jesus who were waiting in the upper room. And we talked last week about how they were waiting for the promise of the Father. And we talked about the way the goodness of the Father and the promise of the Father was released through the Holy Spirit and how we never again are waiting for the promise of the Father the same way that they were. We, we wait and we posture in a completely different way than they did because the Holy Spirit has been given. Yeah. And so that, that puts us in a unique place where, yes, we do invite and welcome the promise of the Father, but it is so much more available to us. And we can know that we can continually draw from that. We don't have to wait in this desert until you know, the Spirit's poured out because the Spirit has been poured out. And so we talked about that last week um, and, and what is available to us when we lean into that continual filling, what the fullness of the promise of the Father looks like in our individual lives. We talked about the Holy Spirit as the comforter and the Holy Spirit as the teacher and the Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth and the Holy Spirit that, that forms us and shapes us into the image of Christ the Holy Spirit that releases power on our lives and through our lives as, as individuals. But today I want to talk about an aspect of what was given as the promise of the Father on that day of Pentecost that, that is um, corporate and communal for us. That it wasn't just that the Holy Spirit was poured out and individual believers now could walk as um, representatives of, of Christ and have the power to do that. But the Holy Spirit being poured out actually birthed the church. It actually, it was poured out on a community, on a group of people, that then the intention was that that would be added to. And that they too would experience this corporate anointing, this corporate outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost was not just for the individual believer, but it was the birth of the church. It's a celebration of that. Living Waters Church is about, it'll be 32 years old. Um, math, we've talked about math and me. I think it's 32, 32 years old in September. 
But the church that we are part of is over 2,000 years old. And so even as we receive members into this body, we recognize we are part of a much larger body that is a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit and that is, is working alongside and partnering with the Holy Spirit in the mission that Jesus gave us. And so I want to talk about what that looks like as a body for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I think we have probably, coming from various places, we have varying levels of comfort when we start talking about and asking for a move of the Spirit. It means different things to different people based on wherever you're coming from. Some of you are going, ah, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. I'm not sure if I'm in for that yet. I'll tell you once I see it, what, you know, whether I'm in for that. There, there is kind of this, this mentality sometimes where the Holy Spirit feels like a little bit of a wild card, and we're not really sure what he's going to do. And, and then we bring our friend to church, and we're like, I hope he doesn't show up today, because I want them to think we're not weird. That's not everybody, but for some people. Like, is the Holy Spirit going to do his thing? And is he going to do it with that person? I'm just being honest, right? That there's, there's that little bit of, you know, sometimes. It's funny. It reminds me. When my mom first met, not first met, but when Jay Bryan moved to Elk River, and he was looking for a church and, you know, I think knew that they pastored a church and all of that, my, my mom and my dad. And um, anyway, she said something to the effect of, you know, he, you know, he's looking for church. And she said, well, yeah, you could come to church, our church. You know, it's, it's not for everybody. <laughs> and at that time, there was some wild things going on on our Sunday morning services. And she was just going, well you know, you can come and see, you know, whatever. But we sometimes feel that way about the Holy Spirit. Others of us, when we begin to talk about the move of the Holy Spirit, we are like, yes, bring it on. I am in search of the weirdest possible service ever. And so we come from these varying places and varying levels of, of comfort with the Holy Spirit. But I think what we can all agree on is whatever we experience in the Holy Spirit, and I've heard it put by someone that I admire, I just want it to be real. I just want it to be genuine. And that is, I, that is a commitment that I can make to you, <laughs> that we are never going to manufacture anything. And we're never going to hype you up to anything. And when we invite you to something, it is truly an invitation, not an obligation. Good. So, so you can feel comfortable saying, I can opt into, what, I can be led by the Holy Spirit, yeah. not by what the person up front is saying. But we are going to make those invitations. We are going to provide those opportunities for encounter with God. I don't know where I am. Right on target. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so we have various levels of comfort. We also, we have, we have different, uh, 
<laughs> I'm not very comfortable right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have different... We also picture different things when we say, we need a move of the Spirit. And sometimes we can assign what we want that to affect. Or we, you know, we see what's going on in the world and we say, we need a move of the Holy Spirit to fix our corrupted political system. We need a move of the Holy Spirit to, to infiltrate our schools and to bring a purity back to our, our educate, you know, all these different places. And, and we begin to assign, we need the Holy Spirit to do this and we need him to do that. We need him to do this. Or maybe we say, we need a, a move of the Holy Spirit and it needs to look like what's happening at that church. Because we associate the move of the Holy Spirit with particular activities. This is a little bit of a dangerous space sometimes because we have access. We can peek into all kinds of services. You can go online. Thank you for being here, by the way. Because you can go online and participate in all kinds. Participate in all kinds of services online. You liked my air quotes, yeah. Um, anyway, we can participate in all kinds of things, and I can find myself tuning in to another service and seeing the things, I think I even said maybe, maybe to Pastor Dave or Pastor Bob, you know, I'm watching something going on in the, at this service, and I'm going, where's our crying children at the altar you begin to go like, why isn't the Holy Spirit moving in this way? And, and when the Holy Spirit really starts moving, it's going to look like this. And we can have this kind of attachment to the trends of the Holy Spirit. That, that the, the latest, greatest thing that the Holy Spirit is doing. And we need to remember that the Holy Spirit is doing the same thing that he has been doing for 2,000 years, and that is building the church. Good. That's what he's doing. And I don't presume to know exactly what that has to look like. I don't pick it. But I do know that I want to foster in an atmosphere, foster an environment where he can build the church through us. In addition to the church down the street and the church in town, and yeah, that one online that I was watching, but that he's building the church. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That it's not just about the experience that we're having in this moment with the Holy Spirit, but Everything he does is to build the church, to create a bride for the bridegroom that he's returning for. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And so there's this reality that when the Holy Spirit came, he breathed life and into the church, into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit's described in the, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament as uh, ruach, wind, breath, or pneuma in Greek in the New Testament, wind, breath. There is a life that comes through the Holy Spirit. I have to move on past my introduction if we're ever going to get to communion. So, but here's, here's what we want to know then. What does it look like when there is life breathing into the church? What does it look like? How, do, how are we stewarding the life of the Holy Spirit? And so for those that went 
And I want to, I think we're just going to get to two of them today and then I'll follow up in a couple of weeks. But for those that went to the elements class, one of the things we talk about is the activity, the life, we call it life at Living Waters. And really what that is, is here are the ways that we try to make space for the work of the Holy Spirit. And those four things are encounter, belonging, equipping, and sending. That the life of the Holy Spirit flows in those ways. And that's not an exhaustive list because definitions are definitions. I think every church has their things. These are our things that we're going after. What they're really saying is, here's how the Holy Spirit is building his church through us. Here's how the Holy Spirit is building his church through living waters. Encounter, belonging, equipping, sending. And so we know that the Holy Spirit breathes life into those aspects. So the first one, encounter, is is this reality that we believe that what Jesus did and what the Holy Spirit came to bring was a, a nearness and a oneness with God, that we can actually experience and encounter him in a myriad of ways, myriad of ways, in many ways. A plethora <laughs> of ways. But that we can encounter him. The verse that Pastor Bob talked about in Ephesians 5, uh, verse 18 through 20, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to reckless discretion. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So this is what we're focusing on. How do we stay filled with the Spirit? Well, he says, do this. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reference for Christ. What I want to pull out of that is why anything that we do on a Sunday morning should be because we are trying to make space for the life of the Holy Spirit, not because it's our program, not because it's what was passed down to us. Do you know when I stepped into this role of pastoring, I'm sure it was super fun for all the other leaders and pastors. I began to look at everything and go, why do we do this? Why did we do this? Why do we do this? Because part of me goes, I want to, I just want to connect to why we do that and not just go, oh, well, that's what we've always done. Why do we have, why do we think it's important to worship when we come together? Why do we make time and space for that? Because it makes space and it it puts us in a place of encounter with the Lord. It says that he inhabits the praises of his people. That we experience who he is through speaking out who he is. And then we are more aware of his presence. Do you know, I don't even think it's that he's like, well, I don't know if I want to say that. I don't think it's only that he's like, oh, somebody's worshiping me. I'm going to go there. I think it's more about the fact that we become aware of his presence in that moment. We focus on the reality of who he is and that he's real in our midst. And we become aware of his presence and we encounter him. Not because he was hiding Monday through Saturday. Because you can encounter him in that same way at home, with or without music. But there is something about worship that brings us into encounter. And so we, we provide that space through shared worship experience. Do you know this is not to entertain us? Yeah. 
I have zero, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Interest. Interest, thank you. Or, or value for, I, don't, I didn't really like the songs today. They're not for you. They're for him. And he likes them. <laughs> because they're, they're proclaiming who he is. And, and I'm learning there's a worship that I can enter into just with my voice, without music. Something I've been experiencing at home where I begin to look at who he is. And, and I, even out of scripture, I might read what I'm reading for that day. And then I begin, the reality of that truth about who he is just begins to expand on the inside of me. And I, I begin to just speak it out, how much I love that about him. Do you know one, a phrase that comes out of my mouth that I think is kind of a spirit phrase? I will be looking at something and out of my mouth will come, that's my favorite thing about you. And I say it about a lot of different things. But the reality is there's something that the spirit helps me encounter these truths about God. And there's this adoration that happens about who he is. So we encounter him through worship. That's why we linger sometimes in worship. Sometimes you're going, why are we singing this line again? Do you ever do that? Okay, we're still singing this? We're just lingering so that we can encounter that truth. It takes some of us longer than others to encounter that, to really let that settle in. Why do we have, you know, they're just playing music. Did they forget? Did they forget the words? Did they forget what's up? No? We're just giving space for encounter. We're giving space for you to connect with the Lord and to, to focus. And sometimes we think if we could just be quiet for a little bit and just let, let him speak to you. They didn't forget most of the time. Sometimes we do. Sometimes they do. <laughs> We'll never know. <laughs> Another thing that we do to encounter the Lord through his spirit is we look at the word together. We encounter the Lord through his word. In Colossians, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart, there's that singing thing again, with gratitude in your heart to God. That verse in Colossians sounds a lot like the verse in Ephesians, where it's talking about how to be filled, except for in Ephesians, it says, be filled with the Spirit. And in Colossians, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let the word, so which is it? Are we supposed to be full of the Spirit or full of the word? Yes. Good job. I knew you knew where we were headed. Because this, the Spirit breathed the Word. Because the Spirit's breathing off the pages of the Word. And the Word helps me encounter the Spirit. If I want to hear from God, it's really helpful if I know His language. Because then I can hear something and I can go, yeah, that found, sounds very familiar that lines up with this character that I know of who he is. And so we, we, that's why we have the preaching of the word. Because I wonder sometimes, why do I do this? Do we need this? 
Couldn't we all just sit around and talk? No, there's an encounter we're meant to have with his word. And you can have that in a Bible study together. You can have that on your own. But there's something about coming together as a body and focusing on the same aspect of his word and letting the Holy Spirit drop down into that reality and have a shared experience. We encounter him through prayer. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know how we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. That's why we pray. Sometimes I don't have words. Then I just say more words. I'm sure you're all aware. But there's a place where we can, we can encounter God through prayer, through just speaking with him. We have Thursday morning prayer, and we frequently encounter the Lord in that time, not just talking, 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 but we receive from him, and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us pray. What are you, what are you seeing? What's on your heart? And we pray from that place. We encounter the Lord through the laying out of hands, through praying for one another. Why do we lay hands on, why do we, why do you touch me? There's something about the encounter with the Spirit that has to do with, with human touch. It's, it's in the Word. It talks about that. That when we lay hands on one another, that there's something that, is, that we can encounter of the Spirit together. We encounter the Lord through prophecy and inviting you to listen to the voice of the Lord. Probably multiple times in a service, you will hear us say, ask the Lord, what does he want to tell you about this? What are you hearing him say? What is he this morning? What is, what is he asking you to give to him? Because we know that we encounter the Lord through being able to hear from him. So that's encounter. And as we get ready to take communion... Can somebody check in to make sure the preschoolers will also be in, that the rest of the kids will also be brought in shortly or soon? Thank you. Um, as, we, as we get ready to take communion, the other aspect, and I'll probably have to follow up more on this, the Holy Spirit gives us belonging. The life of the Holy Spirit. First, a belonging to the Father. That we belong to the Father in Romans 8.15, it says, You did not receive a slavery that returns you to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Part of the life of the Spirit is to make it known to us that we belong to the Father. But here's the deal. You're not an only child. And so part of the work of the Holy Spirit is helping us belong to the family of the Father. He's helping us belong and, and recognize that that's why there's this familial language in Scripture about being sons and daughters, having brothers and sisters. It's not just Christianese, it's biblical. 
That we, we are part of a family together, and it's the Holy Spirit that does that work. We're part of a family. In 1 Peter 2.10, it says, once you were not a people, now you are a people. Once you were separated from the family, now you're part of the family. And it's the Holy Spirit that makes that known to us. If you are... <clears throat> If you are leaving another church family to come to this church family, first of all, we just want to say we're not going to be perfect either. There's that part of it. But if there is something in you that goes, yeah, that's, that's bad, I'm, I'm leaving that, I'm coming here, I just want you to know that they are probably going to be at the reunion, that church family. <laughs> It's a larger, extended family. And one of the things that is the work of the Holy Spirit is not just connecting us to this body, because that is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that has set Randy and Vicki and Cherish into this body, into this house. But it's also the work of the Holy Spirit that makes us one with the larger body of Christ. We need to recognize that it's the work of the Holy Spirit that brings oneness. In Ephesians 2, verse 19, Now therefore you're no longer strangers and foreigners, this is that belonging, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You're members of the household of God and you're members of this household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in which the whole building being fit together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. We are being built together as a dwelling place. So not only is this a dwelling place individually, we're built together as a dwelling place. There is something that the Spirit wants to do that cannot happen if we aren't built together to host that dwelling of the Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit does that work. We need to recognize there's there's a place where Paul says... Preserve the unity of the Spirit. Do you know what that means? We have oneness with the body of Christ in the Holy Spirit. Our job is to preserve it, to steward it. We don't have to create it. We've talked about this before. That's an amazing, that was an amazing revelation to me. I don't have to create unity. I have to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work of the Spirit because he's given us unity. Jesus prayed, Father, make them one. He said, done. And he gave them the Holy Spirit. And we get to walk in that. And that doesn't mean, I don't want to for one second diminish any hurt that you've had because The reality is we're not perfect. We do. He's making us. 
into a pure and spotless bride. We still kind of have some spots and some wrinkles. But he's making us together into a pure and spotless bride. And if you have come from a place where you have been wounded, I just want to encourage you that there is a healing that can come when you say, okay, but Holy Spirit, I'm willing to let you make me one again with the body. I'm willing to let you set me in to the, to the, the wall of this temple for the sake of hosting your Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that fits us together. Amen? All right, we're going to receive communion. I just think it's, it's an awesome thing when we can recognize the cornerstone of that temple that hosts the Holy Spirit is Jesus. It's what he accomplished. It's what he did at the cross. And when we receive communion together, we are in unity in that declaration. We are in unity in our response to his invitation of what he did. And so we have an opportunity today to receive communion, and I would like to think about it as receiving communion. We're responding to the invitation of Jesus, but we're also responding to that invitation to become one. Good. We're responding to the fact, and here's, here's the other really cool thing about it, is that we know that that brokenness was for the sake of our, our restoration and our oneness. And so where you have experienced brokenness, can we receive communion today, knowing that Jesus made a way for us to come into wholeness and oneness? And maybe we've been hurt because we have been sinned against, even within the body. But his shed blood covered the multitude of sins. And so for every hurt that was perpetrated against you, even by another believer, we know, we're saying, we know, Jesus, that you covered this. Not only the sin, but the effect of the sin and the pain of the sin is redeemed by your blood in my life. And so it's an invitation this morning as we receive communion. It's an invitation with Christ at the, as the cornerstone to be set back in together, to make that commitment to being set into this temple not built by hands for the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.